Welcome to the Beyond Electric Sheep podcast. I'm Brick Thompson. And I'm Ed Daniels. How's it going, Ed? Good. So for today's episode, we wanted to talk about AI in the workplace and basically how you and I are currently using AI. Yeah. So maybe I can start. Yes. I mean, I can tell you that I'm very interested in all the things that I think are going to be coming. Um, you know, I work in data and analytics, and I think there's a ton of stuff that's going to be coming with LLMs that can do um, analytics and analysis and nat natural language query, that type of thing. In fact, every time I see a new product or service come out, I play with it and test it. Um, they're, in my opinion, not ready for prime time yet, but getting there. There may be some use cases on the edge where you could use them now, but how I want to use it is basically connect it to my data lake house yeah. and be able to ask questions about my data. Really where I'm using uh, AI right now is ChatGPT. I use it every day in my work. And um, my recommendation to business people out there would be bite the bullet, pay the 20 bucks a month. I know it's another one of these vampire charges that comes out of your bank account, but um, do that and then set up your custom instructions. That's a new feature on ChatGPT Plus where you can tell it um, some stuff about you, biographical stuff, things you care about. Um, I even put in you know personal weaknesses, strengths, what I'm yeah. working on at business, and then you can tell it how you want it to address you your name, what what uh, persona it should take. In my case, I think I said something like uh, be casual but professional um, and intelligent, maybe be like a, a seasoned uh, management consulting uh, consultant from a company like McKinsey, something like that. And so I use it all the time to brainstorm, to bounce ideas off of, to generate ideas. And I'm constantly amazed at how useful it really is. It's an amazing tool, and I do the same, Brick. I, you know, started out sort of thinking about this as an intellectual exercise when people, uh, when OpenAI came out with GPT, Chat GPT, I was surprised I read about it, and I think you were one who was encouraging me, hey, give it a shot. We talked about some of the generative tools to generate images like MidJourney and I think it was you that suggested that I go ahead and subscribe to it, which I did. So I started out playing with some of the graphical tools, and that was just a remarkable exercise. And then I moved in. One of the things that I do is write articles about various topics. Of course, most recently, the big topic for me is artificial intelligence in one way or another. And so now whenever I write an article, sometimes I'm writing them professionally, sometimes I'm writing them just because it helps me to get my thoughts organized. But I will uh, set up GPT-4 over on one of my screens. I may use uh, Bing Chat over on another one of my screens, and then I may write my article on the center screen, and I'm sort of hopping back and forth, but I've really uh, started to make it a part of everything that I do. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Bing Chat, because when that came out, I was super excited about it, because you know, I don't have to pay 20 bucks a month for it. Um, and its initial functionality was pretty strong. It was it was kind of unthrottled, and they had some problems with that right. at the beginning. There was the New York Times uh, writer who uh, 
<laughs> I think Chat was trying to convince him to Break leave up with his, his wife, wife or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So they definitely, was, I remember right after yeah. that article came down, all of a sudden you were only allowed to have sort of three, three or four back and forth and so on. Anyway, right. it's, it's a lot more liberal now, yeah. um, but I still find that I get better responses uh, from from using ChatGPT directly. I know they're both right. both based on GPT-4 on the back end. Um, right. what, what do you find? Well, for me, I try to experiment with a lot of different tools, including, you know, Google's tool Bard oh, yeah. in order to get some exposure to that. So I've tried different things. Also, uh, we will talk a little bit more about this, but I've been building some bots using a platform called UAI.AI. And so that's given me some real exercise in learning how these things work and how to build some of the prompts and some automated workflows. And with that one, one of the most recent ones that I did had to do with uh, entrepreneurs that are selling their company. So I built a bot that was specifically oriented towards prompting these entrepreneurs or business owners to report on their business, talk about what they were trying to accomplish, why they were thinking about selling, et cetera. And for that one, um, I use Claude as the LLM, and that was, uh, you know, interesting. And I found Claude to be as good, Claude 2, to be, you know, as good for that particular purpose as GPT-4. Oh, okay. Interesting. I've used Claude a bit. Um, it seems fine. Um, I probably haven't really exercised the various ones enough. I used Bard a bit right when it came out. That's right. the, the Google one. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was as helpful. Right. Um, it's gotten better, I know. I should probably go back and do more there. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Part, you know, part of what I'm doing, you know, with what I'm doing professionally now is trying to experiment with people. So, you know, other people to see how they respond to it. So I built some of these bots and then send them out into the world to have people respond to because I want to see what they think and I want to see how they interact with them. And that's where Claude, too, was really being helpful okay. and responding. He had a good response time to it and that sort of thing. So it was just a part of my experimenting with what's out there and what's possible. Yeah, cool. I guess actually there's another uh, use case I came up with using the OpenAI API where you can yeah. write, in my case, I wrote some Python code. Actually, uh, ChatGPT wrote some Python code for me <laughs> <laughs> to connect to right. the API, and um, I'm using it to do transcriptions of recordings. Yeah. So for me, one of my um, productivity workflows is when I'm driving to work in the yeah. morning, it's usually about 20 minutes, I just turn on on my iPhone the voice recorder, and yeah. I record my thoughts about the day or something yeah. I'm thinking about, that type of thing. Um, and then I just uh, use this Python app to send it over to ChatGPT. And I have it do a transcription using their um, tool called Whisper. And then once I have the transcription, it sends it back to GPT-4 and says, summarize this. So yeah. I get a, a short summary, gives me a title for it, gives me the main points, uh, gives me any to-dos they think that thinks uh, I might have given in there. 
And then I also have it uh, come up with arguments against whatever I was talking about. Interesting. Um, yeah, and then then the full transcription. Yeah. So when I hit the office, I just quickly get that. I put it in my OneNote. I can look at it. And, hey, you know, I, you had mentioned that to me, and I'm just thinking I may need to borrow that from right. you. I mean, if you could <laughs> give me that Python code, that would be great. That yeah. just sounds like a great workflow, which I should bring up. Learning these workflows is something that's really been interesting to me because, you know, you sort of think of GPT-4, even chat GPT is kind of a one-off thing. You, you know, you might start out just doing a regular query like you would with Google, but then now you understand that you can build it up with a, a lot more, um, explanation of what you're looking for and why you're looking for it. But the workflow part of it is if you start iterating through, ask it to clarify some questions that you might have, ask it to explain its chain of thought and sort of work through a problem multiple times, you can really begin to get into the strength of these uh, large language model capabilities. Yeah, I agree. How important do you think it is to learn about prompting? I did a little, you know, I, I get on Twitter and look at some of the examples. I even did a little class many months ago. What, what do you think? Uh, oh, I did a... Um, 12-hour prompting class. Oh my gosh. Actually, I know that seems incredible, doesn't it? It was fortunately broken up into four different sessions, but it was with a guy named Carlos Perez, who has been an AI guru for, you know, a couple of decades. And um, I thought it was interesting. In a way, it was overkill because anymore it's so hard to sort of sit in a lecture-ish kind of yeah. format and have somebody try Was it recorded or to, live? No, no, it was live. Oh, okay. Actual, it was a live... Zoom um, or something? Yeah, or, yeah, session with people. And actually, it was international. A guy from Holland, a guy from the UK, uh, a couple of people from the US. What it did he charge kind for kind of it? interesting. 300 bucks, I okay. think. Okay. All right. Yeah. And what did you think? Well, I thought that just because it's such a brand new subject, I thought it was worthwhile. But I think if I was in a, a classroom or something, I would have probably been working on GPT while I was listening to the uh, lecture. Yeah. But, you know. Okay. So did, were there sort of one or two things you learned that were super valuable and the rest was interesting? Or was it all stuff you felt like, oh, I better study this and learn this? Um you know, I thought I thought I just got a lot of uh, stimulation from his, this guy's ideas, his thoughts about what we were doing, and it made me sort of run off and have my own thoughts, and then I have to pull myself back to the conversation. And but but I thought the interesting thing was just his sort of ideas about prompting categories, ways to develop your prompts, ways to give the prefacing information that you would with a human being, but you never in a million years would have thought about giving that background information mm. to a computer. What the heck? But, you know, mm. just explaining, like you just said, you know, please respond to me, address me by my first name and address me in a casual fashion, but be professional and, you know, you know, All those types stuff, of yeah. uh, shaping types of instructions that these devices, these, these LLMs just use so well. Yeah. Um, you know what? 
we're, we were going to try to keep these episodes at 10 minutes. Um, we're running over that now. Yeah. Let's wrap this, okay. and then let's come back in our next episode and keep talking about this. It seems like a fruitful <laughs> line let's, of discussion. Let's do that. All right. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Ed. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Brick.